You are listening to The Recovered Therapist, brought to you by FreshOutOfPlans.com. I'm Jeannie Griffin, and I'll be your host. Instead of focusing on labels, diagnoses, and psychobabble, we keep things honest, simple, and hopeful so that you can grow personally and spiritually. Thank you for joining me. Rowing against the wind and tide. Isn't that a fabulous phrase? Have you ever tried to do that? Row against a current or row against the wind? I have. In a canoe. Took me hours to get 10 feet. And I finally discovered, turn around and go with the flow. It kind of describes my life too. But I want to take that phrase and talk about it in a minute because I borrowed it from a a woman who was writing a letter in 1850. Harriet is the author of this letter and she writes, So this same sink lingered in a precarious state for many weeks and when I had nothing else to do I used to call and do what I could to enlist the plumber's help on its behalf. Many times I've been in and seated across from him and talked about everything else and finally brought the conversation little by little around to my sink. Because after all, I needed the sink, but then we needed the pump and then we also needed to be able to catch rainwater. Sometimes my courage would fail me and I'd start to leave and turn around as if I had just remembered and said, Oh, Mr. Titcomb, what about my sink? Yes, ma'am, he say. I was thinking about going down there this afternoon. Yes, sir, that would be wonderful if you would get it done as soon as possible because we're in great need of it. And Mr. Tithcomb, the plumber, would say, I think there's no hurry. I believe that we're going to have a dry time now and you couldn't catch rainwater anyway and you don't need a pump yet. These negotiations extended from the 1st of June to the 1st of July and at last my sink was completed. Also during this time, my friend and I made two sofas, a barrel chair, bedspreads, pillowcases, pillows, bolsters, mattresses. We painted rooms, we re-varnished furniture. Well, what didn't we do? Then came on my husband, and then the 8th of July, my little Charlie. I was glad for an excuse to lie in bed, for I was real tired, as I can assure you. Well, I was in what folks call a very comfortable way for two weeks. Then my nurse had to leave. During this time, I employed my leisure hours in making up engagements with with, uh, newspaper editors. I'd written some more. I taught an hour a day at our school. I read two hours every evening to the children. They were studying English history. I read Scott's historic novels. And yet I'm constantly pursued and haunted by the idea that I don't do anything. Since I began this note, I've been called away half a dozen times. Once to the fish man, once to a man who brought some apples, once to the book man, then to my neighbor who came to see if I'd finished a drawing I promised her, then to nurse the baby, then into the kitchen to take stock of what we were going to have for dinner, and now I'm at it again for nothing but deadly determination enables me to write. It is rowing against wind and tide. To tell the truth, I'm getting tired, my neck and back ache, so I must close. Her sister-in-law wrote back, Now, Hattie, if I could use a pen as well as you, I'd write something that would make the whole nation feel what a terrible thing this slavery is. But 
you know, there was little Charlie who was born a little bit ago, the last of my seven children. And as long as the baby sleeps at night, I can't do much of anything, but I'll do my best and I will write the thing if I live. In fact, the first installment of Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe did in fact appear a little less than a year after Mr. Titcomb, the plumber, took care of Mrs. Stowe's sink. Now, today, present day, we hear women say, I feel like I don't do anything, and yet they are leaping tall buildings in a single bound and trying to keep Saturn on its axis at the same time. It's amazing that she even had time in those days. 1850, oh my word, can you imagine it? That she still was haunted by this thing on the inside that told her to write. And she finally, like she said, deadly determination. It was like rowing against wind and tide. So what is inside of you that keeps nagging you? That keeps nagging that you were supposed to do it? Something that keeps coming up over and over. Now, I'm not telling you you have to write the new concerto or that you have to be Mother Teresa or Harriet Beecher Stowe for that ma matter. But I am saying, listen to what's there. And if it's a struggle, <laughs> remember that phrase. I had that day the other day. It started at 5 a.m. with the cats deciding to dance on my head and it was playtime. Now, I don't do mornings well. And it went downhill from there. So I just thought of this phrase again. I thought, okay, just turn around and go with the flow and stop going against the wind and tide. We're not supposed to struggle. So when, whenever I'm doing is a struggle, it's like, uh-oh, no, nope. I used to also say, I had somebody else's day today. It's not the one I planned. <laughs> so... Listen to that nagging. I don't know what it is, but you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. It's something that you keep saying you're going to do. Just sit quietly and ask your higher power. Show me. Reveal to me. Reveal to me what you would have me know about this nagging inside. And see what comes up. Thank you for listening to The Recovered Therapist, where we keep topics honest, simple, and hopeful. I love you. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Until next time.